Hey NAIA football fans, Corey Thorpe here with another edition of the NAIF Ball Podcast here with the reigning national champion head coach of the Ottawa Braves, Coach Liz Sowers. Coach, how are you doing tonight? I'm not doing too bad. I kind of like that name. Reigning national champion has a nice ring to it. Has it has it settled in yet? I I don't think so. I mean, it still feels kind of surreal at this. Yeah, I I can imagine. It's it's weird and and awesome at the same time having a flag championship. Um it's it's something that while new, I think is definitely exploding onto the scene and is only going to get bigger. Oh yeah, I think that um it's it's something that is huge and I don't think people even have any idea just how big it's going to get. So you know, looked at some of your background there, um, you know, with going to, to JUCO for basketball, ending up at, at Oakland there. Um, how, how did you originally get into flag and tackle uh, football? So I, I loved playing football growing up. I played in the backyard with the neighborhood boys, with my twin sister, and I just really never thought football was an option for me because I was a girl. So, um, I played basketball and I was pretty good at it and my dad coached. So I just felt like that was kind of where I was supposed to go and always thought that I would be a college coach and coach basketball, just like my dad. And as I went on to play at Heston college and then I went on to Oakland, I realized that I didn't love basketball quite like I needed to if I was going to be a coach. I always wondered how would I be able to manage all this and then when I found football, you know, it was a tackle team in Kalamazoo, Michigan, the West Michigan Mayhem and I fell in love with it ever since I stepped foot on the field and from tackle football I found flag football and it was just I mean, a bunch of tackle girls attempting to play for the USA flag team. And we've learned very quickly that it is a unique game in itself and that it's not that easy of a transition to play tackle. It's two completely different things. And I fell in love with both in their own separate ways. And here I am. <laughs> it definitely is a little bit of a different sport. And um, it, it takes it takes a different mindset to, to play. Um, so, so talk to me about putting a team together from, from scratch, you know, how, uh, you know, you get a blank slate here. How do you put everything together? Yeah. So I guess about almost exactly a year ago today, I was doing my hiring video, video and stepping foot on Ottawa's campus for the first time ever. So it feels like a blur, but especially during a pandemic, you know, I was given a list of names from the NAIA and I just started like searching social media, searching huddle. And, you know, at that time there was no future for girls in high school to play collegiately. So film was hard to come by, you know, so sometimes I would even get sideline film from a cell phone of a parent, but I was finding anything I could. And I got girls from Vegas. I got girls from Florida. Um, one from Canada, Maryland, and 
literally we all met together in a small town in Kansas and, and made history and became national champions. But it was during a pandemic, especially. I mean, the first time I ever met them in person or they even saw campus was when they stepped foot on, on it. So that was unique in itself. Absolutely. Now, I, I know I've, I've heard guys talking about, you know, East Coast, West Coast guys, especially if you bring in, a, you know, a West Coast quarterback onto an East Coast team. How do you, once you've got these players together, how do you go about developing that team and that culture that you're after? So I learned very quickly that Nevada plays a different style of flag. So they play more contact. The quarterback has more time in the pocket. So that was the very first thing that I knew needed to at least, you know, get out of bad habits of, of thinking there's going to be a lot of time because the faster pace um, is something that, that they needed to learn pretty quickly. And so that was the first thing. And then just becoming one team and one family, to me, family is everything. And that was what I wanted the girls to know, that we were one family, especially with everyone being from all over. You know, this was going to be a home away from home and made sure that that was exactly what it was. So you brought on your, your sister, your twin sister, uh, Katie, onto the uh, uh, coaching staff. I'm sure, you, you know, you played with her growing up, obviously, but what was it like coaching alongside her? You know, it was a lot like playing with her. So she was my quarterback, and I was a receiver, and... I mean, we just, we know each other so well. We understand each other so well. We also fight really well. And um, I think that that was one of the best things about having her is that it was almost having a new set of eyes on the team that thought a lot like me. But she brought in that experience from the NFL. And, you know, she knew Vizio and how to put together a playbook that would be a lot more efficient than the time and hours I would spend trying to do the same thing. So simple things like that, I mean, made a huge impact just on, you know, getting things done in a quick manner. And then she took over the defense and made it, you know, obviously Kaiser at the end scored six points. So the defense was, was what won us the championship and defense does win championships. And I loved having her, and I hope I, I, I'll take her as long as she'll, she'll stay. Um, defense was definitely your calling card throughout the season. I mean, yeah, there's only two, th- three games before the finals where you, uh, where, where the defense gave up double digits. Um, yep. Let's talk about that, that uh, first Kaiser game back in, back in March. You travel down to South Florida. You get up in the game. Um, and then Kaiser makes their way back with 13 fourth quarter points. Yeah. Um, talk- <laughs> I hate bringing, bringing it up. It's, it's, you no, know, I, I love it because honestly, looking back, especially as a first year coach, I think that was the best thing that could have happened to me as a coach and them as, as new players. I learned a lot from that moment. I look back thinking, should I have punted on that fourth down? I felt extremely confident um, when I did go for that fourth down play. I felt extremely confident that the outside hitches were going to be there all day and that we could complete something, and we came up short. And I found myself in that position a lot after, and it made me think. And I, I 
although I hated it at the time, time management and everything was so critical. And, you know, you can't learn a lesson as good as like it being literally taught to you in the moment. Sometimes those uh, learning the lesson the hard way is definitely what brings it home. I I know I'm a little hard headed too. that that happens sometimes (laughs) with with me. Um, so let's let's talk about your your route through the finals in Atlanta. Um, first off, what a cool experience to play in the Mercedes Benz uh, Stadium. I mean, it was amazing. It was just even walking into that that stadium, you could just feel the energy. Whether or not you know there were thousands of people there or hardly anyone there, just to be in that stadium, I like the girls' eyes were wide open and to watch them be able to actually play, you know, where Julio Jones and uh, Matt Ryan play, it was something really special. I imagine there was a, if y'all got to use the locker rooms, I'm not sure if you did or not. I'm sure there was a lot of picture taking in there. Oh yeah. There was a lot of picture taking everywhere. I mean, the sweet area had like all the big screens were playing the games and you know it just it felt as real as it could possibly be in an NFL game. I was talking with uh, one of our one of our sponsors first down playbook and and he was talking about the fact that you know that's where the best play. You know, you have Alabama playing there for the SEC championship. That's yeah. where the best play and that's where the best of the women were playing the best form of flag football that we that we have um you know that's that's set up as as a varsity sport um so so take me through you you um you beat st thomas in pool play you beat Cotty, um and you set yourself up for a couple of really nice games in in the gold um section of of the championship what are you telling what are you telling your team after that first day so i mean even leading up into the championship we had traveled to vegas we had traveled to florida we we saw st thomas at st thomas we we were probably one of the only teams that had played a majority of the teams going into the tournament and we played three games in one day at one point like we were I, I continued to remind them that we were mentally and physically prepared for this. Like our entire season leading up to that moment had prepared us for this. We were, we were prepared for Weber. We knew they were very similar to the University of Florida. We were prepared for Kaiser because we played Kaiser. And so I continued to remind them how, how prepared we were and that we just had to execute and do what we do and we would come out on top. Then so you defeat Weber, um, twenty-seven to twelve there, and then face Kaiser, uh, and it's how much of a revenge game is that? Taking the lessons that you'd learned from earlier. Oh, I I, I knew that we were going to see Kaiser. I I didn't want to look past any of the other teams, uh, but to to think that you know, we would lose to them by one point in the regular season and then point differential, or I guess it was point scored against to get the seeding going into tournament play. They beat us by one point again to get the number one seed. And so as fate would have it, 
it would be a one point game in the championship and and we came out on top and I would not have it any other way. I it, I mean, I actually would have it any other way. I would have preferred to win by a few more to make it feel a little bit more comfortable. But, you know, I'll take it. How big of a sigh of relief was it when you saw Clara Bowden catch that ball? Oh, I, you know, I had, we stayed up very late, Katie and I, making that turnover chain that was made by shower curtain plastic that we had individually like some of the girls came and painted like it was it was a mess we hot glued it together so that it wouldn't break right away with the one ring and to have that I mean just the girls loved it you know they didn't care if it was worth a you know a gold chain or if it was shower curtains put together little plastic things but it was the best when I saw her have that ball and I looked around to see if there were any flags just to make sure there was nothing that was going to be called back. I, my, uh, I got butterflies and I just couldn't even believe it. So talk to me about the role that, uh, that your TikTok has in, in, uh, in recruiting and just, uh, in, in your life in general. Yeah. I mean, so TikTok, <laughs> I guess, you know, it came about with COVID and everyone was bored. And me being a millennial, we made stuff like that kind of relevant. And I I guess in recruiting these this Generation Z, you kind of have to be able to speak to them in whatever whatever way you possibly can. And for some reason, social media tends to be it. And it's been fun. You know, I think music in general has a way of connecting people, whether you agree with the same thing or not. There's a lot of commonality that you can find in music. And that's the one thing that I love about TikTok is there are so many things that you can relate with people on. And uh, that's kind of the level I'm at is just being able to relate to everybody. Well, I might need to get a TikTok tutorial from you. I, I'm, I'm I'm not real good at splicing those at splicing those cuts together. You are you are the pro. Um, you know, generally when when I'm talking to coaches, you know, I'm asking about you know players that are leaving that are all conference. Well, I've I've never seen what looks like dadgum near the entire team selected to an all conference. Um, yep, and yeah, we're probably ninety eight percent. good good so talk to me about what excites you about about next year after uh you know how do you build on top of a national championship i'm extremely excited just to have the girls back i think that they realized just how much they were going to miss each other you know this tournament being the very last thing that we all kind of did together it left a really good taste in our mouth, but at the same time, it makes everyone miss each other a little bit more. So now they're all kind of across the country, and that distance is only going to make the bond stronger. I know they're planning trips to see each other, and I mean, they're all, they've got the state of mind that now we've got something to protect, and everyone knows the target's on our back, and it's even bigger than it was before, and I've got a bunch of girls that are are ready to step up and take that challenge. And then I've got some really good girls coming in that are, are equally as, as ready to take on that. That's gotta be a a neat feeling knowing that you've, 
you you've got players coming that are going to push you even even further. Oh yeah, I'm I'm extremely excited. One of our our quarterback Madison Carrera, one of her teammates from Florida, is signing on Friday. Um, so it's just it's exciting, and I can't wait. Well, Coach, thank you for coming on the podcast tonight. Um, we look forward to another great season of flag come the spring. Um, seems weird to not to be talking about spring football, but you know I've been doing it for months now, so you know I, I think I can I think I can handle it. Yeah, well, thank you for having me, and I look forward to talking to you more and about more championships and everything. So, <laughs> absolutely.